Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash FML FPL. I'm Alon. So we're back. Normal Monday night schedule for the pod, but FPL taking us on a not normal nightmare international break. So many international breaks. Every other week is just kill ourselves. It really feels that way. It's like seven game weeks. It's the third one. So basically, yeah. Oh, is that real? It's the third? Yeah. Yeah, third one. Oh. Dude, that's unreasonable. I know it's a World Cup year, but like, give me a fucking break. I'm trying to get going. We all are. We're all trying to excite each other about FBL, and they're just fucking doing everything in their power to stunt us. All right, so how did we go? This was a big, big week. Massive week, and I was on the wrong end of it. I, I got a red arrow. Um, 54 points down, only 17K, so I... I basically kept my rank. I'm 494K. Not good. Um, my one transfer was Firmino to Jesus, which turns out pretty good. Net positive points. Happy to have Jesus with the Aguero injury. Just price rose like 30 minutes ago. So that's all good. But you look at my team, and I've had Phil Jones since game week one, and that's been beyond incredible. He's just... So many points for me, all of the points for me. But all of a sudden, you look at my team because of the Mendy injury. I have no Davies, no Trippier, or any Spurs cover. I have no Monreal, Bellend, or Arsenal cover. And I have no City cover in my back line. And it's just like that everyone has all of that. And they just all score like double-digit hauls this week and just fucking destroy me. And that's really... Every, all my, the rest of my team did basically what everyone else did. I got you know the clean from Jones, clean from Simpson, midfield blanks. All three of my forwards came in. I captained the wrong guy, Captain Lukaku, not Kane. But the real difference is just not having like a fucking sixteen pointer or whatever the fuck from like Davies or one of these guys. So that's the that's the bad news. Um, Elliot keeps being terrible for me, but he's about to go on a really good run. So I don't know. My goalkeeping situation this season, I I don't know if I have a clean. I don't think I do actually. Because uh, the Ray one would be so happy with you. Yeah, the one oh yeah. <laughs> the one game week that my guy's team kept a clean was the game week Heaton got injured, so I got a one pointer. And then I brought in Bob, and he's just blank, blank, blank for me. So, And you look at Burnley. They've kept a clean three out of the last four, and I'm just, fuck me. I'm a fucking fuck. And uh, that's basically it. I mean, Bertrand feels really bad. Southampton are terrible. Naughton, we both have Naughton. Got stripped absolute last second from a clean sheet, which was just such a fucking nightmare. I know you said you were just seeing the goal on repeat in your head, which is a terrifying thought. Um, that's basically it. I mean, a Rom Howler away from being 
level with Kane on points, but of course he howls when he wants. He was fucking terrible. That's my team. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, this week really was the defense monster hall standouts. Was kind of if you had one or two, you you had a good week, and if not, you're where you are with 54 points. Um, I had Davis. I also had Stephen Ward, so I'm on 78. I had a big green this week. I'm starting to get up, <laughs> knocking yeah, on the door are. of 100. Knock on the door of 100k. I'm at 260k, so trying to make those little inroads. But I think it's kind of a testament to what we've been talking about, really, and just that putting money in defense when we're seeing Monreal on 15, Arsenal with four cleans on the bounce, City have like three or four cleans on the bounce, Chelsea defense still looking good, Alonso still has that 20-pointer back in game week two. A lot of insane, huge defensive hauls. Um, yeah, Bellerin yeah, 11, only, Trippier 14 on the same fucking teams, you know? Yeah, yeah and really the only mid-priced midfielder who's had a huge, massive game was that gross week when he had, like, 18. I think that was about it, really. We haven't seen any... I mean, Fellaini this week, but he's not really, like, owned. Yeah, he's hard to count. And Richarlison's been blowing up, but... But nothing like a 16 brace with Max Bones kind of thing. You know, he's been ticking along, but... This week, when you see these huge defensive scores, it's you want to have you know four defenders starting almost every week with the amount of cleans. We're up by something like thirty cleans to date, or something. The stats said um, this every far week. In the season compared to where we were last year. There's so many and cleans every week. Yeah, the, the defenders are just doing doing the business this week. Um, yeah, it was similar. I had midfields three blanks, but. I captain Kane, so that was fantastic. Happy to have called that game script pretty accurately. Oh my with, god! Yeah, with Huddersfield being stupid and Wagner rant coming off cap triple captain Wagner rant. <laughs> yeah, that Huddersfield rant was <laughs> spot on. Yeah, even Kane Nate got in on it on Slack. <laughs> he was if fucking... Nate says something about something I say on the pod, I immediately start jerking off. Yeah, it's just like, oh my god, golden, <laughs> I did it. golden I did boy. It. Uh, my transfers, though, are real, I'm still really reeling from it. I uh, I, I downgraded Hesse to a 4-5, which I had al- always planned to do. And then I, I did Firmino to Murata, um, like right before the price rises on Friday night. And it just sucks so bad because if I had two frees and not done that, I'd be on the same points and I'd be able to maybe do like a triple move for a hit or whatever, but... As it is, I had just so unlucky. It's like you didn't even make you didn't make the wrong move. It just got you just got unlucky. That's all that happened. Sucks. Yeah, it's just if you want to have a striker get hurt, I will transfer them in. So yeah, I I mean, I got Mendy last week. You got Morata this week. We're doing good. One of one of us will kill someone this week. It's like a horror movie, terrible horror movie script. Like just. Whoever you get in your fantasy team dies in real life. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, yeah. fuck me. But overall, 78 points. A really good week. Uh, team looks pretty well set up. Stephen Ward, dude. I cannot say enough about Stephen Ward. Yeah, the... He's been ridiculous. I've, I got him in on my wild card, and he's gotten me like 28 points in three starts. Yeah, he's eight, and then you bench him for Liverpool, eight, yeah. 12. Oh my god! I want to show me a midfielder who can fucking touch that. Who's under eight million? It just doesn't exist. I 
I want to start with Burnley when we get to what the fuck, but do you want to do some housekeeping with our mug and all that shit? Like, if you got Zlatan table mugs and stuff like that? I'm just honestly, like, if if I could screenshot this and share my the image of my screen with the pod right now, I just have, like, giant pictures of Stephen Ward up on my screen. Like, I'm just Google. Like, I'm not kidding. I'll, like, Google image search. Stephen, he's just so funny looking. Like, he looks so insane. He's so ugly. His nose is so big. I love. I think him. he's an I- Irish international. He's he's a, a genius. He does not look Irish at all to me, but he's fucking. I like that guy a lot. And the the assist was legit too. That yeah, goal was fantastic. so nice by Burnley. The whole interplay was yeah. so good. Great run. Great cutback. Hendrick yeah. did great. Um, Walid from Facebook asked. I mean, you. I know you. Wait, can't. what do we do? We we're all over the shop. I know. I just wanna. Doing... I'm doing it because I'm bringing up Murata. <sighs> he just. I know you can't I'm afford rattled. this, but he wants. He asks Murata for Jesus now or wait until the deadline. So, what would you do if you could afford Murata to Jesus? Would you just pull the trigger right now? Well, I guess by the time everyone's listening to this, he already price rose, and he probably won't rise again until very near the deadline. So. It's like, you know, that sucks for everyone, but, um, you know, there's no way you make your move now. You have 15 players on your team, at least eight or nine of them are playing two games in internationals, wherever the fuck they're going all over the globe. Yep. Um, you, you, you can't, you know, you just can't do that right now. It's not worth point one and you get an injury and then all of a sudden you have, you know, 10 men or you have to take a hit or whatever. That's how you take it. You make early transfers. it's not worth it. Um, so shout out the winner, September winner, FML Field Prize League. He'll be getting a fucking mug in the mail. Jordan Forster, a.k.a. Beowulf11. He's the fucking next member of the Wall of Fame. He's got a mug. He's going to take a picture of himself in like a robe or something. Good. Hopefully on a kangaroo in Australia. I mean, it's fucking, it's hot out there now, I think, right? So maybe yeah, just Speedo on the beach or something. Oh, my God. Forget about it. On a surfboard. Um, Dan Keem, Dan K back on top where he belongs with the Survivor League. He only has a draw in the season. No losses. Insane. And then lastly, shout out the uh, still top of the public league, Kareem. He fucking drops 92 this week, and his overall rank is 85. And when, when you're outscoring your rank, you might be in dreamland, I think. I couldn't imagine being top 100. 85. <laughs> That's good. And I was looking at some of the really high, like, top 10s this, this morning because I was bored and fucking, like, as usual. And there are some really bad teams and some very bad managers in the top 10. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, that's why, like, we're, I feel like veteran listeners to the pod, we always talk about the top 10K and kind of, like, what moves they make and what's their average score and all that. Like, top 10K doesn't exist yet. Like, they, there's yeah. still so many casuals in there. Like, you still... still like, 20. Yeah. Like 20 or yeah. 25. Like, you need... Really, like, tough. You need, like, major shifts in the trends and, and stuff like that to start happening where, you know, casual... Not just casuals. Dead teams aren't following trends and everything. And, and that's when we pass everyone, so... We'll, uh, we'll get there. But So you said you wanted to start with Burnley? Let's start with Burnley. Uh, 
just so good. They're I mean, so, they're, they're just so a, good. They're a really good tight outfit this year. Um, they're just making steps forward from what we saw from them last season. They're obviously far from a free-scoring team. Outside of that mad game week one against Chelsea, they haven't scored more than one goal yet, which I mean, we'll talk about Brady in a moment. doesn't feel great. Yeah. But defensively, they just seem, it seems to be very clear when they're going to keep clean sheets, and those are you know home bankers, and they're doing good away as well. So defensively, I mean, I think Pope is definitely emerging as the standout four or five goalkeeping option. Yeah, after, and, and you know, he's like 0.1% owned, I think I saw. Like yeah, I mean, no one has him. And he's just fine. I mean, watching them, he passes the eye test. He's not like doing crazy shit like Wayne Hennessy shit. No, yeah, and, he's just good. He gets the job done. And he's stepping into Heaton's role of getting bonus points. I mean, there's still the same defense around him. So yeah. they're still not completing passes and shit. So he's going to be good on bonus. So he's been impressing me, and I mean, it's Ward all about is... the five-man midfield too. It's all about Daesh. Like, I mean, the players are great, and we like their players a lot. But like, his whole career, Daesh has been playing two strikers up top, and they've always been same old Burnley. And their defense was always solid, but it was more of a like, we're gonna get outshot by twenty every week, and just hope Heaton can save us and block as many shots as possible, and just just ass cheek clenching defending and now extra man in midfield they can actually play a bit more they have a more possession they're they're just good dice is fucking good and they're good i i feel like a chelsea light like they're like trying to do similar chelsea things but they just have like half as good players everywhere in every single position but they do a job I mean, they're just playing really well Attacking-wise, Chris Wood is extremely impressive to me. I mean, watching him, I think maybe more in real life than in FPL, but he just bullies both center backs by himself and holds the ball up. Like He's they're the widest balls thing him. ever. Yeah, it's crazy how he holds the ball up and how difficult he's to deal with, and I really like him. I feel like they should be putting a few more goals in. I feel like they're yeah, playing better than they are, their goal return too. has been to date. And you know they've had some pretty tricky fixtures recently. You know they have at Spurs, West Brom, Chelsea, Liverpool. Um, yeah, I think ones. I think I mean their next three home matches, and this has to do with Brady also, and a reason why I kind of feel good about keeping him is their next three homes are home West Ham, home Newcastle, home Swansea, and you'd think at home they they go for it a little bit more, especially against Newcastle and Swansea. I don't know. Maybe that's that's when Chris Wood is an okay pick, and maybe they're going to be scoring more than one goal in some of those games. I hope so, at least, as a Brady yeah. owner. Yeah, this is what everyone waited all week for us to talk about Burnley. Oh, yeah. This is pod, why... pod topic number one. <laughs> I mean, Bocce coach on Slack said, is Brady still the suit? Burnley look good. Or is Richarlison emerging as the best option for six six ish million under mid that you expect to start weekly? I yeah, mean, that's a good segue. Let's talk about Richar. Yeah, I mean, if I was on wild card right now, which I'm not, it'd probably be Richarlison and not Brady. There's no fucking way Richarlison would not be in my wild card. Yeah, that's what I'm week. saying. He There's was absolutely no way. He looks fantastic. Back to back, big returns. He's the furthest forward. He's further forward than their actual striker. His stats are insane. 11 touches in the box, 7 shots, 5 in the box. 
creates a big chance. He's he's really good. And Watford, while they they have their trouble at the back, all, their center backs are still dead. Like they're good. They're they're they've been good attacking almost every game this season. Yeah, Richarlison's just been a monster every single game. His stats are still jumping off the page and. Watford play good stuff. So Richarlison's got a couple tough fixtures coming up, but then they turn into some a sea, a sea of green, and he's going to be someone everyone's going to be wanting to get in soon. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, Richarlison looks so much better than someone like Brady, who's on a team who really struggles to score a, a goal. Cavan scored two goals since game week one in a game, um, really relying on set pieces for returns. Uh, Brady, but Richarlison's got everything. He's he's returning off set pieces, being on the end of them. Um, he's returning from open play. He just looks great. I mean, Richarlison. Watford are just so much more like up and down and frantic, and like yeah, you want like a tricky young Brazilian winger on your team if that's how the team plays. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but it, I think it suits him a lot. Is what I'm trying to say. Definitely suits him. He's, he's definitely going to be up there around uh, top point scorers and midfielders from players that are under like you know eight million. Yeah, in that bracket. But let's talk a little bit because a lot of people are on wildcard. We've been getting a lot of questions about wildcard. Formational-wise, with what we've seen so far, and we kind of touched on it earlier with how many double-digit defense halls we've seen. We have all these big forwards, heavy-hitting forwards coming in, even though they're all dropping like five. five yeah, you're, you're killing all of them slowly, but yeah. yes. What what kind of formation would you be looking at trying to figure out for a wildcard team right now if you were on wildcard? I haven't tinkered, so it's hard to say without tinkering, but I think no question I'm 4-3-3 or 5-2-3. Like a hybrid? Yeah. Like I, I, no, I mean, I mean one or the other. I think I would have – I would pick one of those. Like a 5-2-3, I might have three, four, five mids. On, on like my two bench. and Fellaini. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, two and Fellaini. Or, yeah. yeah, like Monreal, Davies, Chelsea – Jones, Montreal, Davies, Louise, Otamendi, yes, yeah. and Jones City. or something. Yeah, it's just talking about the defenders. Like every top team has been so good. It seems like there's a wider gulf than ever. The top four, top six to the rest of the league. Yeah, the clean sheets just seem absolutely automatic. Like they're yeah, giving maybe one or maybe one or two chances to these mid-table or lesser sides when they're playing them. But by and large, they're just blowing teams out of the water. These top sides, like Spurs and United, and and, and all that shit. Chelsea. It's, it seems like getting defenders from them in is just the absolute priority right now. Yeah, like, and, and the stats all show this stuff. Like, it like the x goals and all that shit. The x goals against on all of the like top six sides when they're playing like a not even a bottom team, like a bottom twelve team. The stats are always like they're like point four x goals the opposing team. You know, it's like they're just getting maybe one half chance a game, something like yeah. that. It's like crazy, unless you're Liverpool and they're just like you know, one half chances uh, deflected off of the shin into the bottom corner goal. But you know, whatever. Okay, so I mean, that's I guess formations. We're big on heavy defense. We've been talking about it for a little while on Pop. Though. We've been talking about it for a while, and we're both already in those kind of formations. I mean, sort of. On wildcard note, Jesse Cohen, friend of the pod, on Slack wrote in. I wildcarded for the break, like like Walsh said. I, a lot. I think a lot of people are on wildcard right now. Can you go over strategies for not just what team I should pick? 
naturally, but also how to maximize team value over the break. And basically what we always talk about when we're talking about maximizing value is just the basics of how to, how to wildcard, which is you're looking at guys, the site that we both like using and that I think really everyone uses fplstatistics.co.uk and what that site's trying to do is predicting who's going to price rise every night. There's price changes every single night. You're looking to find guys that have a chance of going up 0.2 over the course of, you know, up until the next game week deadline when your wild card is over. If they go up 0.2 while you're owning them, then you gain 0.1 selling value when you get rid of them. So even if you don't want them in your final wild card team, you bring them in, you ride the price rises, you hopefully gain a little team value. That's really it. So thought I should just get that out, like State of the Union, so everyone's wildcarding correctly who's listening. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say one other thing on, on Watford is that, oh, like, there's something really seedy about, <laughs> about Marco Silva, dude. Like, I, I like him a lot, but, like, you think he's got some like sex dungeon thing going on? Yeah, he's like oh he's like twitchy. Whenever mm-hmm. they cut to him, he's like he's like frantically like fixing his collar, rubbing his face, and he yeah. he's always like sticking his neck out like kind of forward mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. maybe he's a drug addict. Like he's either a drug addict or a drug overlord, which is like probably kingpin. more likely. Yeah, he's just a kingpin. Everyone in Watford big. is just getting all their fucking crackers from this guy and <laughs> He's just raking in yeah, cash. I mean, give me Silva with his just like top button, unbutton, white, you know, under yes. his nice little slick suit versus some like, Eddie Howe autistic sped savage. <laughs> <laughs> fucking buttoned up to his I face, love Marco Silva. I'd, obviously, yeah. both of us would be friends with him in like high school. Like, we're down with that. I just had God. to point it out because, like, it takes one to know one a little bit, and I'm watching this guy. And yeah, I'm just no, like, there's a little, got it going on. yeah, there's something happening here a yeah. little bit. Eddie Howe would have been fucking stuffing his <laughs> fucking head into the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it's automatic. Auto bully. Oh my first, god, we would have bullied the fuck out of Eddie Howe. Holy first shit. target. Head in the Zlatan table. Head in the toilet. <laughs> He's like the new kid. He just moves in like sixth grade. He moves into your school buttoned right. all the way to his like fucking forehead and it's just like are you kidding me bro what are you what are you doing what are you doing um let's go to liverpool because we, we've been kind of glossing over this for a couple weeks so um didn't buy a center back in january or didn't buy a center back in, <laughs> in summer how do you feel about that alone yeah it feels good i think we we're we have the best center backs in the world and there's no possible way you can improve on either of them no, but seriously. So Firmino's obviously a little bit of an issue. Uh, haven't been scoring free flowing. Yeah, Newcastle performance was fucking shit. Yeah, and he gets benched. People, and he gets benched. People have two Liverpool midfield or two Liverpool attackers. Some have only Salah. I've been seeing people thinking about getting rid of Salah, which I think personally is a little bit, a little bit nuts. Do you think you're going to snap out of it soon, or are you concerned as a supporter? You, you mean you follow them closer than than most? Yeah, I think we'll I think we'll snap out of it. I mean, I think every team goes through lulls. This lull is particularly bad and long, but 
the main reason it feels so bad is because we can't keep clean sheets. You know, like a a better team, a City, a Chelsea, whatever, they go through an attacking lull. They're still keeping a 1-0. They're still keeping a 0-0. You know, they're still, like, running the game. That's the biggest difference between, like, the public perception, I'd say. But I think we'll snap out of it. I mean, these four players are, are Fab Four, whatever the fuck you want to call them. I hate that nickname. They have barely ever played together. Um, they're still creating a bunch of big chances. Like, Newcastle wasn't the best performance, but there was plenty of opportunity to score. And, like, it's one of those games, like I, I said it earlier, if we, like, if Sturridge scores that goal or something, like, if we go 2-1 and they have to attack us, that could turn into a 4-1. But I'm sorry, but that is the narrative of Liverpool. Yeah, I've heard that since absolutely. the beginning of last season. Yeah. If we only scored that second goal in the 33rd minute to make it 2-0, then it would have been 6-0. Yeah, but it's, it's true. I'm getting, but I'm getting really tired of it oh, as neutral. It's, it's very it's, tiring it's, it's, as it's, a supporter. It's, it's, but, they, I mean, you got to stop, you, you know, you got to stop with that, though, right? Because it's not happening. Well, I mean, we scored three last week. So it's happening. You know, it's... yeah. We're one week off scoring three, Salah goal, everyone returns, fine today. You know, so I, d- I just think it is that simple. We're, we're still creating a bunch of chances. We're still going to be one of the top scoring teams in the league. You know, we're still going to attack really aggressively against the top sides versus, like, what you and I have been saying about a team like United where they'll probably set up shop just look for a nil-nil or a one-nil against the top side. So that's the difference. That's why you're buying into them. I still think mm-hmm. Salah's a really good pick. And when you compare, I know like Lars Janssen wrote in Salad versus Phil and, and Simple Mug was writing in asking about Coutinho too. When you compare Coutinho and Salah, I mean, this is the first like Premier League game and that formation with all those guys and stuff. But Phil like... Damn, dude, Phil looks so good, and stats-wise, yeah. outperformed Salah by a lot. Yeah, um, but the, you know, you always have to take Phil's stats with a grain of salt because yeah. so many of his shots are out of the box, and they go into uh, all of one, them actually this week. Yeah, so but, that's that's his stats are always tricky, but he does have the indirect set pieces to a degree. But Salah's also is taking half the corners, so he's got a little bit in his locker as well. Yeah, which is nice. Um, and I think you shattered it last week, or maybe it was just in Slack or something, but. One of these games, Salah's on for a brace, or he has as good a chance as any midfielder as like at a hat trick or something, because he's just so in there all the time. He just has so many opportunities. So many opportunities. That's it. It's and... it's quantity more than quality because he's going to have his howlers every week. But one of those howlers is a goal, and then all of a sudden it's a brace and blah blah blah. Um, I think honestly, Salah's a little bit reminiscent of like. Lukaku, a midfield version of Lukaku, is he's kind of a donkey for a midfielder. He ha- he's a pace merchant. He gets into the positions and he'll come up with these moments of brilliance on the, the single goals that he has scored. But by and large, he fucks up a lot of pretty simple things that if you gave to sixty percent of other you know wingers or, or top midfielders on top sides, they would be burying. I mean, I think, um, like, Sterling is the better comp. I mean, like... Yeah, I agree. I think that's similar. Like, I, people I saw, have been I saying that better. since the start. Like, it's... Yeah, he's missing all these chances, but still scoring every week. And it's like, oh, like, Sterling's doing the exact same thing on City. Yeah, I mean, um, we're sat here game week seven in the books, and he has six attacking returns already. And 
God knows how many he's fucked up already. So he's going to just keep doing this. So I have no no understanding why anyone would want to be getting rid, even though they have United and Spurs coming up. He's just he's a long-term hold. If he's not injured, yeah, I mean, he's just a long-term hold for me. It, it's funny because, like, for... For the donkey variety, like a, I'm thinking of like Giroud or something like that, like he'll fuck up a ton of chances. But maybe his best attribute is his positioning, and that's why he gets so many chances. You know, and Salah's the same. Like, yeah, his pace and his dribbling, whatever. But he's always on the shoulder, like making the most aggressive, most direct run. That's his best attribute, not his finishing or anything. So that's why he's always on the end of this. Fucking points for direct runs. Oh well, we'd have we'd triple captain Aaron Ramsey every week and then just win the league. So, Um, all right, that's Liverpool. But that's Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, like I'm I'm a lot less concerned and I think more sane than the average Liverpool supporter. I'm fine with where we are. I'm not happy. But I'm totally yeah, I mean, fine I'm, with where we are. I'm, su- I'm surprised that that's your take. So if I were in your shoes, I would be like, I'll pa- find every panic button. I want to push them all. <laughs> I mean, we're like better think, off than we were last year at the same point. Yeah, but you know? that's doesn't that doesn't mean anything because City and United are blowing the league away. Oh, so. we're not winning the league. That there's okay. Well, I that's think there's fair. no way that we're winning the league. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's fair that your your expectations are on a top four finish, but. Yeah, the performance from the performances from Liverpool just—it's—it's it's so much more of the same since the beginning of Klopp's regime. Oh yeah, with the players that he has at his disposal, for him to still continually be getting frustrated to teams that are promoted sides or bottom fifteen sides who just have two banks of four and being unable to break that down with the firepower he has—it's it's a tired story. It's a sad story. I would have expected someone like Klopp with the players he has would have been able to just do a little bit more with that. And yeah. It's just, it's, I don't it's know. not happening. Yeah. I'm glad, but I'm glad that you're not, you're not as, uh, I'm not panicking. As, no. Yeah. I mean, I'm not panicking in my team's zero goals on zero <laughs> points. So, I we're, would we're just only, spit my water out. <laughs> yeah. I guess we're, we're only, just, well, we're I don't only know four we points. We're only four points off from being safe, right? That's not bad. Uh, Five points there. Fucking A. Palace, Palace, Palace. So where where are we going next? Um Do you want to talk about United? Another another botchy coach wanted to talk about thoughts on United assets for going to this tough run of fixtures, best candidates for a McCatarian swap, and then also this dude Kerjam on Twitter. You guys should really (laughs) discuss if the Lukaku bubble's about to burst. Completely unsustainable return ratio given his overall performance. I mentioned because he should have more goals. Yeah, I mean, how bad does Lukaku look? Holy fuck, dude! I mean, I'm beyond caring about how bad he looks. He's getting so many chances a game. He's more likely to get a hat trick than a blank. Yeah, that's true. That's so I I've. I'm not even thinking about getting rid of him anymore. Like he's so staying in my team is ridiculous. Well, it also helps that every everyone's dying, like Aguero, Maranta, etc. So there's less but and less still, options to even go to. But yeah, I mean, that's fair. But even still, I mean, what has he do- what has he done to be removed? He's no nothing. Only he's blanked once in the first seven game weeks. That's fucking ridiculous. And I know he's not scoring twenty points a game, but. One blank in seven game weeks is worth every bit of eleven and a half million dollars spent. 
Yeah, it's it's so, absolutely absurd. Yeah. At at Liverpool is just an outstanding fixture. Yeah, and then he's got I, at, when he was at, on Everton, he always scored against us. Also, yeah, and that's with a shit supply, and that wasn't when they had Lovren playing center back every game necessarily. <laughs> And then he has Huddersfield game with Miami, and I'm happy that people are considering getting rid of Lukaku. I hope they continue to do. However, McTarian, I think, is the absolute number one transfer out immediately. If yeah, he can. that's the thing. Yeah, he has he's been. He's getting subbed at, he's just been underwhelming. He's got subbed at 65. He's gone missing in most games since the first few. Ever since Pogba got out. He was kind of underwhelming early season. I remember we were talking like, Fuck, <laughs> you know, like fuck. We don't have him. Fuck, everyone has him. He's scoring, etc. But like, he was never really passing the eye test, and now he's not to a bigger degree. And and Moose just subbing him off earlier. It seems like Moose getting more pleasure subbing him off than Mata, and that's terrifying. Yeah, I mean, he's going into the into the spank bank with those subs every every week. Every week. So I uh, yeah, I don't know. He's he's got to go. He's got to be removed. Yeah, McTarian's definitely I mean, I'm seeing a lot of McTarian to Silva, Sterling, Sané or something. Let's go over there to City though because we saw Aguero's conceivably out for another few games. Where do you stand on the Sterling and and Sané debate? Do you think that they're both nailed or as nailed as you could hope for to transfer them in while Aguero is out? Or do you think one's more than the other? What do you, what do you think? I, I do. I think they're both nailed. Um, if this were the situation preseason, I'd be a little scared of Bernardo Silva, but he just isn't in the mix at all. Um, he's barely played all season, and he hasn't really done shit when he has played. Um, Sané and Sterling have been great. I mean... All season, um, they were pro- they both probably had their like least significant games against Chelsea, but they've been great all season. And I think Pep is happy with that front line of Sané, Sterling, Jesus, and I see no reason to make any changes to it. Um, the only worrying thing from for like all City attackers is that after an international break, they have home Stoke, which is just a banker for them, but they have Napoli like two days later or three days later, biggest game in their group. So it's a little worrying. I wonder if we'll see some rotation or something like that, just or just rest rather. But yeah, I think Sané and Sterling are, are pretty nailed while Aguero's out, and I think they're both really, really good under-the-radar differential picks. What do you think? Yeah, I kind of agree. What do you think about them versus uh, Silva? That's tough. I mean... Silva is a lot safer. I don't see his role changing at all. He's going, you know, him and Kev just kind of rotate. One is deep, one's forward, one's forward, the other's deep, whatever. He just took the most shots on the team last week against Chelsea. Like, he's he's still has complete license to do whatever he wants, David. And he's creating his fair number of chances and stuff. I mean, he's safer and he's more long-term. So it's usually better to go that way. You don't want to get someone in who you know you're going to have to deal with soon. But we also don't really know the length of the Aguero injury. If it ends up being closer to like two months, I think Sané and Sterling are probably better shots at points um, in the short term while he's out. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I'd go. I think... I'm someone with my wild card. If you had your wild card, I'd probably go one of the flare picks, one of the differentials. Um, they're just like 
they're just actual forwards, you know, whereas Silva's so much deeper. But without they have, go- they have goals. I mean, they, they have, have goals. goals. Yeah, a lot of goals. They've been scoring. Um, but without Wildcard, it does kind of feel like you're booking a transfer. It feels like someone you're getting someone in that you're going to have to deal with, to me. Because when Aguero's back, neither are nailed. And you could just flip a coin as to who's going to play any week, I'd say. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Sterling maybe is the scales tip for me because he was playing um, over Sané when Aguero was in the team. And, and he's cheaper. Fucked up. He's cheaper, and for as fucked up as he looks, he, you know, he's been scoring. So I think Sterling's a pick there. I, w- I would take Sterling over Silva right now. I would take him over Sané. I would take Sterling and Sané. I would try to figure out Sterling and Sané if I was on wild card because that's a kind of three-week window where you can hit some massive, you know, you could fly, maybe you get, yeah. Yeah, maybe you get thirty. Po- maybe you get thirty. Yeah, maybe you get thirty points in the in the three weeks until Aguero comes back. You figure it out. You take a hit. Who knows? But those that's a kind of high risk, high reward thing I'd like to do if I were, if I were all car right now looking at the fixtures. But City look like you know they're still fucking fuck fest. What do you think about Jesus? Because he had his work rate was off the charts against Chelsea. Obviously, it was a very unique game, and that's not going to be replicated again the rest of the season. Until uh, Chelsea's boss rolls up to the Etihad later on in the yeah. season, but we don't have to talk about that now. Um, do you think uh, City's output or, or Jesus instead of Aguero not having two up top is going to impact how many goals they're scoring? You think it's going to just keep flowing uh, once the fixtures get easier as as I think. Next week? I think it keeps flowing. I think they're just still the best team in the league, and they're still just. The way they completely dominated a team as good as Chelsea, like they do the same thing to Stoke and they're scoring five still. I, I still anticipate very, very high scoring, very, very dominant performances from the best team in the league. Yeah. Simple okay. as that. So City in. City fucking in, dude. Yeah, I mean, if I were on wildcard, I'd be looking at one City defender and two attackers probably. Yep, definitely three City. Yeah. Let's talk about Murata. So he's obviously not not good news. Lord Denry of Gods is uh, shouting at, at grade two hamstrings, maybe about eight weeks, six weeks, something like that. But it seems a very big doubt for the Palace game after the break, unless if things change. What do you what do you think about Batchet Batchuai coming in for him? Do you think that's going to be a nailed on thing that Conte is going to play him against the shitty sides that they're playing the next three? Or do you think he's going to do some false nine fuckery with, you know... Yeah, I don't think it's worth the risk. I I wouldn't go there. Um, It's not the same to me as the Sané Sterling situation where it's like, you know, we all knew as soon as Aguero was at that that those two are starting, Jesus starting in the middle, no question. Pep's done that before and benched Aguero. We don't know anything about Bastrui and how Conte's going to handle him, like, we know Conte hates him. We know Conte hates him. He usually keeps him to under 20 minutes if he plays. And Conte only likes him when he has he comes on for like a game, a match winner. But And, I mean, it's very telling that he didn't sub that on when Murata got hurt. You know, it's like why... If you set up your squad a certain way, and you know exactly how City are going to play and how they're going to line up, and you set up your squad a certain way, why wouldn't you make the, like, quote-unquote, like-for-like 
to keep it that way, why are you making like a weird drastic change? You know what I mean? I I would not go there. I mean, maybe we'll ask like Cole and shit and get a little Chelsea insider, but I wouldn't go there. I don't think it's safe, and I have no idea what Conte is going to do. I could I could see Hazard up top easily. So do you think this makes Pedro more secure? Because Pedro's always a very good FPL returner when he plays. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, it's, I mean, it's surprising that's, that's that he hasn't been secured to me. Yeah, I guess he's been battling injury early doors this season. And William's been a big disappointment. I think he's been maybe one of the biggest disappointments of the season so far because he had his role secure when Hazard was out before game week one. And from an FPL perspective, price at seven, a lot of us were excited about him. Yeah. He hasn't looked good this year. I mean, he just has not looked good. Yeah, he got one assist game week one, and everyone was like, oh, my God, we're flying. And then, yeah. yeah, And that was a weird, and that was a weird assist, too. It was like on that broken set play or something, and he recrossed it in or something, Mm. and he just found it. But, yeah, I don't know. He's been poor, so you'd think that Pedro's going to come back in. The main thing that we have with Pedro is he always gets subbed as well. So I don't know. Maybe it's just a stay away. I still don't think ten five Hazard is. I think it's a ridiculous price. I think. Yeah, maybe you just double Chelsea defense and call it a day. <sighs> I mean, double to Chelsea defense with David Luiz now at five nine after his five nine drop. He's coming off his right. Yeah, it's crazy. And then, you know, I still think that. Moses is a good player. He, uh, he was ro- he was rotated because of his wing back status, but Alonso at seven now he dropped is great. As pill six six, it's getting Chelsea defense feels like the best possible thing. And yeah, that I was wish the kind we knew. Of, who, I wish we knew what their who the third center back's going to be because like I mean it's we don't know if it's a, Gaza. It might be fucking Rudiger. Might even be Christensen, and they're so cheap. I mean that's it's it's one of those three. Yeah, it's one of those no three. Question. We just There's don't no know because it's six six for Aspil, even though obviously so safe and he's a Baps magnet and he's been getting assists. Feels too high to me for Aspil. Like the, well, now it's. A, I was just now saying it's at the, the assists pool. are the, <laughs> uh, what the uh. assists are probably a bit unsustainable as you pointed out last week and. He's almost the same price as Alonzo now, and yeah, it's just like point four now. Alonzo has brace potential. That's a whole different ball game, and it's very telling that Alonzo doesn't have an attacking return since game week two, and he had a zero last week, and he's only nine points behind Aspil overall. You know, so basically one goal, and they'll be level, and Alonzo's going to score more than one goal. I mean, ha- having Alonzo and David Luiz in your back line would be so good. Absurd. Like, that's a dreamland for me. And they have such and a good run coming. Yeah, it's it's the kind of thing you could hold for, like, three months. Um, yeah. And that's, for me, it was frustrating because when I had Firmino before Murata, before I made that move, something I was eyeing was trying to get to that. And now I'm just all fucked up. So, whatever. We'll figure that out. Um, all right, enough about all this mainstream shit. I wanted to try and shout a few like very rogue, under-the-radar differentials because I think we're kind of getting into this stage where it's getting a little bit stale and everyone's kind of playing with the same players. But I was kind of poking around like the forwards and the midfielders and trying to find some like cheeky differentials. I, I love gems. Who are you gemming on right now? I'm getting pretty into Bournemouth lately. I think that they're they're going to turn the they're going to turn the corner soon. I think King and Defoe should be in thoughts. 
They're really cheap. I've been really my, trying to mine the cheap forward options because no one stood out. Um, King's role is pretty similar to what he was doing last season. He looked pretty involved from what I could tell against Leicester. He looked really good a couple games ago, and he's been just looking okay. Defoe also, you know, he's on pens, and, and he's going to keep scoring. He just hasn't done yet. They still have a couple tricky fixtures, but Bournemouth is a side I have my sights set on because I don't know how sustainable having three, you know, 11 million strikers is because, like, we're talking about this Chelsea defense. Like, yeah, I'm getting Stephen Ward points, and, yeah, there's still four or five defender points, and I have three midfielders, but the structure throughout FPL history is always, like, one cheap forward. So I'm always still looking for that. And I think Bournemouth might be a good place to go. Yeah, shouted them out pretty hard in uh, lineup lambs because I am a Danny Simpson owner, and I really did not feel like there was any chance of them keeping it clean. Leicester are really fucking bad, and they had so you, you were you own the guy that had the handball. Yeah, yeah that's what I was going to say. Called? They had okay. no right keeping it clean at all. Bournemouth completely dominated them. Danny Simpson blatant handball not called. King massive statistical game. Fucking Chaz Daniels looking good. Stan is looking good. Defoe hit the bar. I'm I'm with you there. I think Bournemouth have they started really bad, but it seems like they're kind of turning a corner and they've been playing really well. And yeah, yeah I, I'm with you. I think they're they're about to turn it on. Yeah, and again, I mean, they have a couple tough ones, so if you can wait. But I think like when you're trying to time out who you want to get in and when, if you could get in on Bournemouth. You know, after those couple turn, it could be could be profitable. Yeah, if you're on Firmino or something like that, and you can't get him up to a premium, you know there are other things you can do. You drop him down, you bump a defender, bump a midfielder, or something like that. Might be might be good, and it's it's a major differential. No one is looking that way. Yeah, and then I'm I'm also we've been there, and it's not been good for us. But Andy Carroll like looks good again, dude. I'm not necessarily going to get him in my team, but he looks good again, and he's not expensive. Um, yeah, his stats were out of control. I'll give him that. Um, the bond was five, pretty out of control. Hit the post. I don't know, though. I'm not there. I don't believe. No, I, I know. I mean, I never believe, but he's 5'9". Yeah, he's, he's too when, cheap. I'll give you that. He's definitely underpriced. And there's the thing is like when he's fit, Billich picks him, and when he's fit, he's usually in and around goals. You know. Yeah, yeah, he has a pretty good game. He has a pretty good goal game. ratio. Even last season, I remember we jumped on him too early. We got rid, and then he started banging the goals a game for oh, fun. Don't even. But, but dude, he's five, he's five nine. It's cheap as fuck, and the fixtures are pretty good. And you know when he's in that in that side that everything is just geared towards cross the ball into Andy, get the ball to Andy. I know, dude. I I went to the match, that match, and everyone got so excited. All the West Ham supporters when he when he was subbing on, everyone was just like so lifted. Like you could like feel the environment of like, oh shit, Carol. And it was really exciting because live you really get like such a good angle on those lofted crosses and he just physically destroys everyone like he was just knocking people over in in midfield and making a late run and like jump so high it was pretty sick to see him in person but 
Yeah, I'm probably not bringing him into my side. Just thought I'd shout him out. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Go on. A guy that always kind of like I'm thinking about and is always kind of tickling our dicks, I feel like, is uh, Jordan Shakiri, and he's been really good lately. Um, he's usually really flashy and really sexual, but not returning any fantasy points. But he has three returns in his last four, and his only blank is home Chelsea. He completely ran the show again against Southampton. Um, he should have absolutely had two assists. He only had one. Um, he looks good. I mean, Stoke, they have Man City next, but then they have a nice little run. He is also ridiculously cheap at 5'9 on all the set plays. He's probably on pens after Barahino missed. 1,000%. 1, 1, yeah, pens. because he, you could tell he was he in Barahino's ear. He was like, yeah, he are you going to fucking make this? Are you going to fucking make this? And then Barahino fucking misses. Yeah. There's no way that he's going to let him take another pen ever. No. So, I mean... You know, not this week, but coming up, he could be an enabler. He could be a good guy. I mean, him and also Chupamotin. I, I mean, yeah. playing He's basically forward, a position basically. as yeah, center forward. Yeah, Shakiri. it's so astonishing that this has gone through without us talking about him actually at all season. He's had fucking five starts without getting injured. That's He's not done that yet. Yeah, that's shocking. And yes, that's looking good. He's creating a lot of chances, as you mentioned, on all those set pieces. And after the city game goes, he's got home Bournemouth at Watford, home Leicester at Brighton at Palace. I mean, that's fucking good run. Stoke, Stoke have good fixtures, and yeah. their assets are priced very favorably. He's at five nine. Moting's at five six. So yeah, his stats one. have been crazy. Like la- those last four game weeks when he's returning, he's he's averaging. Pretty much three shots a game, three chances created a game, one big chance created per game. That's mental. That's like, that's regular return type of numbers. So, yeah. And he has been regularly. And he has been, yeah, living up to it. So, So, I mean, owning one or both of them, who knows? I mean, if you need a couple of enablers and you want to go really heavy at the back and heavy up top, you know, going 3 4 3 or something, you could have fucking Shaq and Chupamoteng in your side. And you could be. You could be looking good for a few. It's so weird to think about, but yeah. I know, but dude, Stoke have been playing okay. Yeah. They've been fine. You know, this they're, is, they're playing this is good. their MO, dude. I feel like yeah. they're always, like, they always start so fucking bad. And it's yeah. always like, when is Hughes going to get fired? They're all pieces of shit. Everyone's terrible. And then, then you look up and they're 9 3. Yeah, they're, they're like, nine. Oh, and it's Stoke just like, are pretty oh, good. They're doing it again. Yep, they're totally fine. They're pretty good. Yep. Um, I don't want to talk about Everton at all. But I, I, do I never want to, want to talk, talk about them. And it never ever want to talk about them. I do want to talk a little bit about Southampton. Yeah, I think Buffal is going to start coming in next next week. He's absolutely going to be starting. I think he's the name to to keep an eye on. Yeah, he looks good, but he's so far from fantasy relevancy. It's hard to even like talk about him. All right, fuck me. No, I mean like he looks good. I agree. He did. He did some stuff. Whatever. And they're just they haven't scored. They can't score goals. (laughs) Trust me, as a Bertrand owner, I'm watching Gabbiadini absolutely whiff 
on like tapping and I'm just like kill me like actually kill me like I'm taking a hit to bring Chaz Austin and Buffal in and they're gonna win five nothing this week start Chaz Austin swimming please start Chaz Austin destroy Newcastle on Sunday I'm gonna get so many fucking fantasy Chaz Austin has a combined 51 minutes through seven matches and they cannot score (laughs) that is fucking fireable for that is fireable it's fireable. He's it's living here. He's on the payroll. He's on the bench. You're starting you know fucking has... Redmond, Stephen Davis, yeah. and Gabbiadini every week. And you Redmond... can't score a fucking goal. Redmond has played every single game, 90 for five of the seven games, and started the other two and has zero goals. Chaz Austin has multiple seasons where he scored more goals than all of Southampton combined. I mean, that's all he does. Chaz, he scores goals Chaz for Austin, a fucking living. He's played under ninety minutes and scored a goal. So yeah, he, he has play. one of their goals, and he's played he fifty fucking their... minutes on the fucking season. The only his, game where they scored more than one goal, he scored a goal. Given it was a pen, I don't fucking care. Give he him has one of he has one of their three team goals on the season. Give him the rock. Let him score a goal. Fuck me. Fuck Pellegrino. Oh, my God. He looks like a fucking elementary school gym teacher. He's like, okay, class. Oh, keep it up, guys. Like, uh, you're looking good on the balance beam. Like, oh, don't play rough over there, guys. Take it easy over there. He has, like, a whistle around his neck. Like, oh, my God. Give me the goblin from Gringo. (laughs) I want Puel. (laughs) Miss him. At least with Puel, like there was an idea of what they there were trying an idea. to do. Yeah, like, there was an objective, but they would, some, just... they would sometimes outplay teams with Puel. Pellegrino, it's just like, yeah, I, I don't know what's happening. All right, last thing before we fuck this. <sighs> wow, off. that I didn't expect me to get that worked up. Yeah, fuck you were, that. You're, you're decently worked up. Just like fuck them, dude. Oh, so sick of them. They're like worse to watch than Everton, which says a lot. Are, are they? I was just saying, are they the new Everton? Oh my god! If there's a Southampton Everton match, just kill me <laughs> instead of putting that on. I'm like I the think, guy. I think fucking, that will happen twice this year. I'm pretty. It did it already. <laughs> pretty, I feel pretty. like it already happened. <laughs> no, it didn't happen. Thank God. Oh God. All right. What? What's your last thing? What's your last hot topic? I fucking want Bonnie to score so badly. Come on, Wilfred Bonnie. Score Scoring some goals for Swansea. I just want him to be good again. I love him so much with his little hair and shit. Yeah, that just such rocket launch shot. I know, fuck. And that was a great little Tom Carroll through ball, too, who I had to start this week because of injuries. Can you imagine the scenes? Fuck, yeah, dude. That, that yeah, he's good, been. dude. I don't know. He's That shot was... No joke. That was serious business. Good save by Hart, which is a rare thing in life. I don't know why he didn't just howl or that, but we'll have to see. He's a little bit hurt, but he went to he went to Cote d'Ivoire, so he might be fine. He, he's definitely one to eye. He's ridiculously cheap. I think there's only been one international break so far. This is the second one? I think this is the second one. That's what I was thinking. You what? said this is the third one. Maybe it's the sixth one. It's, is is every day when there's not a game an international break? 
Wow. <laughs> wow. Philosophy yeah, 101. In- incep- inception. Yeah. <laughs> Three or an international like break within an international break. <laughs> this is like a graduate level course of inception. <laughs> it's pretty serious shit. Um, I have to be honest. I have not not been looking at Andy Carroll for like exclusively since we started talking. Photos? Yeah, like everything. Oh man, I'm gonna pull up some Andy Carroll photos while we while we continue. Don't bring so, him in. I might. <laughs> oh, Walsh is getting drunk. <laughs> Fucking a, dude. Um, let's go ahead. We. I don't think. I don't well, think we're we not going to ab- do our teams and shit. So we're going to do a second pot. So yeah, we'll do another pot on Monday, and obviously there's no games in between. So, well, should we pot on Wednesday or something after the? Yeah, games? we'll we'll have to look at the schedule and figure it out. But it might be another Wednesday pod because we want all the games to be over. But yeah, we'll we'll let you know. Um. So what else? I mean, we got to slap some asses on Patreon. There's two yeah, asses have- to be slapped. Slap, go slap. Adam Krause, long-time yes. listener, great lad. Tom Watling, I love that name. What the fuck are you talking about? It's great. Sounds like he's like an, a famous aviator. Yeah, yeah, Tom Watling. He, he invented the Wattler. You've never heard of him? Oh, the Wattler, like the biplane Wattler. <laughs> yeah, got it. Yeah, flew over the English Channel from uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 1886. And Adam Krause swam across it. <laughs> Kieran Trippier once crossed the ball over the English Channel. Uh, what, are we on? what are we on about? We are fucking loose right yeah, now. Yeah, we're pretty loose. It's pretty late night, pod. Must be it said. Late night. It is a late night, pod. All right. Check us out at fmlpl.com. Follow on Twitter at fmlpl. Support us at patreon.com slash fmlpl. And cheers. Cheers.